Welcome to From Water Into Wine with Mignon Morel, the place where we discuss the practical and supernatural ways of the kingdom of God that are relevant to your life. And now, today's podcast. So, I welcome to all of those who are new to my channel and new to From Water Into Wine. This is a ministry where we talk about uh, how the supernatural is relevant uh, to everyday Christian life. I encourage you to go to my website, fromwaterintowine.org, uh, and you can see more videos, more prophecies, more teachings, as well as get on the audio podcast if you prefer that. But today, uh, we're gonna talk about what blocks our joy and how to deal with those blocks. I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want them to know about joy? What's important? And the Lord said something very interesting to me. He said, Mignon, joy is not a moment or a momentary gift that comes and goes. It is actually a part of a river, an eternal river that flows directly from me to you. So when the Lord gives me this kind of revelation, he will often uh, send me to the place I can find it in his word. So I asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, okay, show me where joy is listed as a river in scripture. And this is where he took me to, Psalms 46, four. God has a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams bring joy and delight to his people. His river flows right through the city of God most high into his holy dwelling places. Now this river is also mentioned in Revelations 22. Then the angel showed me a river of the water of life, the living waters clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street. On either side of the river was the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. Then the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So in scripture, we see that they talk about this river, this river of living water that flows from the throne of God and is of the Lamb. These are the living waters that Jesus promised us in John 7, 38. The rivers of living water that flow through you and I. John 7. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Now that river carries joy and it strengthens us because it has real supernatural spiritual power for our lives. Nehemiah 8, 9 says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength and stronghold. So joy is a part of the living waters that flow from Jesus that bring us strength. There's joy in the river because it flows from God, from Jesus, and is a part of God's nature. Joy is a spiritual fruit, and all of the spiritual fruits are part of God's nature. For instance, God is love. He is joy, he is peace, he is patience. All of the fruit of the Spirit. 
So we can learn to maintain our joy because it's not something that is supposed to be coming and going with every little wind of change. It is a constant from God because it is in those streams of living water that are always, always flowing within us. You know, that joy imparts strength to us because it carries that power. So in other words, it's more than just a feeling or a response we can have. It's strengthening power. So we're going to do a little exercise. I just want you to close your eyes right now. Just close your eyes and I want you to imagine the throne room of God. See God sitting on his throne see the the rainbow behind him and i want you in your mind to see that river see that river of living water it's flowing down from the throne of god it's flowing through jesus right into you because the word says the river is of the lamb so it comes through him into you so let's just take a minute i want you to imagine that the, riven, the living waters give life everywhere they go. They build us, they give us strength, and they contain the joy that we need in living this life. Good. Now, let's talk a little bit about what we can do to protect our joy and what types of things actually block it. Now, first we need to understand that the fruit of the Spirit is in many ways a lot stronger than the gifts of the Spirit. And the reason I say that is because uh, Satan can counterfeit the gifts, okay? He can counterfeit prophecy. The Word says he can counterfeit miracles and will be counterfeiting miracles in the future. He can counterfeit healing, but he can't counterfeit the fruit of the Spirit. He can't counterfeit love. He can't counterfeit joy or peace. He can't reproduce them because they are not a part of his nature. They are part of the nature of God and his Spirit. So Satan has really no weapons that work against them. In fact, Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work that he accomplishes within us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. Now let me ask you, who brings a charge against God's people? Who's the accuser of the brethren? The enemy. This verse means that the enemy can't fight you or bring a charge against you and win when you are living out of the fruit of the Spirit because he doesn't have any weapons that work against it. And it, that is a kingdom law. So as long as you are flowing in the fruit of the Spirit, you stay above his level where you have peace no matter what your circumstances are, you are patient, you are kind. As long as you stay in that realm, the enemy really can't get to you no matter what you are facing. So all he can do and what he tries to do is get you to come down to his level where he has the power. This is really how he steals our joy, okay? So he can't fight peace, he can't fight joy. So what he does is he tries to get your attention through distractions and irritations and pain and pull you out of those things. That's how he steals from us. 
Now, once he pulls you out of your flow of joy, he can exert his power over you because now you're on his playing field and he can bring in things like depression and despair and such. So it's important that we understand that every spiritual fruit is actually a weapon that protects us as well, that God gives us as part of our arsenal. For instance, love is a weapon against fear. Perfect love drives out fear. And that word for drives out actually means kicks out fear. You know, goodness is a weapon uh, against evil. We overcome evil by doing good. Peace is a weapon against turmoil. And joy is a weapon against sorrow. There is weeping for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So, just so you understand, we can protect our joy by staying in the flow of that river of joy that is freely given to us. And when the enemy comes in and he tries to distract us, we ignore him. We remember that he is below and we are above and we keep our focus on those things above even in difficult circumstances. And as we do that, we find that our joy actually begins to grow and that river continues to flow and grow within us and begins to strengthen us and empower us to continue to endure and move forward even through difficult circumstances. So joy is a fruit of the spirit and it's in the river of life. But something else God shared with me is that joy actually has to do a lot with hope. The two are actually tied together in, in many ways. You know, a few months ago, I woke up in the middle of the night, which never really happens. I woke up straight up in the middle of the night, sat up, and I had this question and it, it came out and I said, Holy Spirit, what is joy? What is joy? And immediately, the Holy Spirit replied, joy is expectation fulfilled. So I asked him, I said, what do you mean expectation fulfilled? And he said, expectation means hope. Joy is the expectation of hope and what you hope for being fulfilled. Joy is hope fulfilled. You know, I really had to think about that. Um, you know, Think about a time for yourself that where God has fulfilled your hope for something or God has answered a prayer for you that something you really wanted, you know, a request that you made. What was the outcome of it for you? Joy, joy. Your hope was fulfilled and it brought you joy. First Peter 1.8.9 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, expecting and obtaining the outcome of your faith. Hope is expectation and joy is hope fulfilled in our lives. Romans 5, 3. We also have joy with our troubles because we know that these troubles produce patience and patience produces character and character produces hope. And this hope, this expectation will never disappoint us because God has poured out his love to fill our hearts through the Holy Spirit that he's given us. So hope and expectation are actually tied together. We expect God to be good and our joy is made complete when we discover that he really is. You know, this helped me uh, a lot because it helped me to realize that joy is always right here for me. 
because God's promised to meet all of my expectations, all of my hopes, and I know he will fulfill them. And just even thinking about that gives me great joy. So let's talk now a little bit about blocks to joy. I mean, what really blocks our joy? What blocks your joy, you know? Uh, in reality, joy is not dependent on our circumstances. In fact, joy is the power, the supernatural power that enables us, because it imparts strength to us, it enables us to get up over our circumstances so that God's work and will can come to fruition and maturity in our lives. You know, I would say that probably the greatest block in some ways to living uh, with greater joy is, is that we have the wrong perception. You know, perception means, you know, how we choose to see a situation or how we choose to see life. You know, as people, uh, and even as believers, a lot of us tend to focus on the negative difficulties and issues we're experiencing instead of focusing on the work God is actually doing through them, okay? I'm gonna say that again so you understand. We tend to focus more on the negative difficulties and issues themselves that we're encountering instead of focusing on God and the work he is actually doing with us through those things. You know, when we focus on the negative, instead of the outcome, we are actually living with the wrong perspective. And the wrong perspective can really quench and, and shut down our joy. James 1, 1 says this, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work in you so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Our trials and circumstances can't steal our joy because God has promised us that everything we encounter, uh, he'll work towards our good. Everything will work towards our good. You know, I remember I used to work in an office once and uh, many, many years ago, and uh, it was during a very difficult circumstantial season in my life. It got so difficult to the point that I had uh, fractured my leg. Thought I had thought I'd actually just sprain it. And so I walked around on it for like two months before I finally went in and went, something is wrong, you know? So, so I go in, it's fractured. I had to put it in a cast. So I go to the work, I go to the office and I'm hobbling around doing my job, you know? And one day one of the guys came in to me and he said, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. And he said, are you on drugs? And I was like, what? What do you mean am I on drugs? And he's like, he's like, I've watched you and no matter what happens to you, you are always filled with joy. You're always in a good place. And he was struggling at this time with his own family issues. He said, I just want to know what you're, what you're on so that I can get some. And I had to actually tell him, oh, oh, okay, I understand. No, this is not me. This is Jesus. God is so good. His joy radiates through us in all situations. And he had a very hard time uh, understanding that. 
he actually said, oh, that can't be. It has to be you. You have to be the one to pull yourself up. And I said, no, actually, it really is Jesus. He enables me to move, continue moving forward in the midst of trials. And uh, he actually left that day with a lot to think about. And I know we planted a seed there for him. You know, God doesn't want us to have these roller coaster seasons where we have some joy here, but not over here. You know, he wants to get us to a place that no matter what we face, that river of joy is constant in your life. Ooh, I can feel the Holy Spirit. That river of joy is constant. You know, the Apostle Paul was a great example of this. Philippians 1. Now, I actually want you, brothers and sisters, to know that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Yes, it's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is being preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Our circumstances don't dictate our joy in this life because it is a constant for us. It is part of our strength. But perhaps the greatest example of joy in Scripture in the midst of trials is the Lord Jesus who endured the cross, it says in Hebrews 12, for the joy set before him. That word there actually meant for obtaining the prize set before him. God always, always, always has a purpose in allowing pain. He has a purpose in allowing sorrow. You know, John 16, 19 says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she's delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being has been born into the world has come. So also you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one, no one will take your joy from you. Now, one of the meanings uh, for the word sorrow here is heaviness. Heaviness that feels like a burden. So there are some false burdens uh, that can actually get in the way of our joy constantly flowing through us in life. Uh, they, can, they can't uh, steal our joy because that's something that's a constant is a gift from God and life of God in us but they can dam up the river, so to speak, that, it, that the joy will flow to a trickle. So I wanna talk about a few things that actually do end up becoming like false burdens that dam up the river of joy in our life. And as I'm going through these things, I want you to think about, you know, is this in my life? Is this what this is causing? And see if it rings a bell to you. So earlier I said, that one of the main things uh, that we, can, we have issues with with our joy is having the wrong perception, the wrong perception of life. You know, we're focusing always on the negative issue instead of focusing on uh, God, 
you are good. God, I know you're going to use this. Show me what you're doing in my life. What are you building in me in this season that I need to have? You know, so having the wrong perception can be a, a burden. It can be like a false burden that, that dams up our joy. Sin. Sin can definitely impact our joy because sin creates a rift or distance between us and God. You know, when we're involved in active sin, we tend to move away from God because we know what we're doing is wrong and we try to hide it from him. You know, the Bible's very clear. Uh, the wages of sin is death and death will definitely quench your joy. You know, I'm talking about sins like sexual immorality, uh, pride, lying. Lying is a big deal to God. Uh, liars are listed on the list of uh, people who will not be inheriting the kingdom. So sin, any kind of really active sin in your life can restrict the flow of joy in our lives. Fear and anxiety is another one that could do this. Remember, when we are in fear, it is not from God. Fear of the Lord doesn't mean we're afraid of him. It means we're in awe of him. When we're into fear, it's because the enemy is actually pulling us down to his level. Okay, and, he's, and when we, that happens and we get out of our place of love and peace, he's able to bring that anxiety in, you know. Um, so fear and anxiety, the perfect love of God cast out all fear. Worry and control, these are also things that can dam up the river of our joy. Do you know, worry is really actually disbelief that God will help us or be there for us when we need him. It's, it's double-mindedness is actually what it is. Worry is actually a sin. It's double-mindedness, you know. Control is trying to take God's place in order to accomplish an outcome that we are desiring, you know. Both of these things, worry and control, have to do with the lack of trust uh, that God is big enough to really help us or handle the issues that we have. And these things can block your joy. Comparison, comparing yourself, comparing your life, your family to others. Comparison is really like a, typically a false judgment we are making that we are either doing better than someone or doing worse than someone. You know, again, when we're in comparison mode, our focus is in the wrong place. The truth is that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every one of us has a unique purpose that God wants us to fulfill while we're here. You know, comparing yourself and the negative responses and behaviors that happen as a result can actually block, you know, the full stream of your joy. Uh, perfectionism. Perfectionism comes out of fear and trauma and a need for acceptance. So, when a person is always in uh, performance mode with themselves and others, you know, nothing is ever done right or good enough. And that includes with not being happy with the level of joy. It's not enough joy. It's not good enough. You know, you are not perfect. You don't, you won't be perfect. That's why we have Jesus. You are accepted by God in Christ the way you are. Here's something that you need to understand. It's God's job to make the adjustments in you. It's your job to submit and to let him do that. So perfectionism, when it's in your life, can restrict your joy. Suffering, physically or emotional suffering, especially due to trauma, can dampen our joy. Though as we saw in the life of Paul and the early believers, it really shouldn't. Okay? 
because God's mercies and compassions are new for us every morning. You know, suffering happens here in this world because it's fallen, but we know the healer and we know that he is willing to heal us. We can go to him for our healing that we need so it doesn't have to block our joy. Sorrow and depression and despair, these are all things that can block our joy. And we all have moments of sorrow in our life. You know, this world has fallen. Um, but we have to remember uh, that we're not meant to stay there. You know, depression is often anger turned inward and it can dampen our, our joy. Sometimes it's a chemical imbalance and other times it's our focus, again, being directed in the wrong place. But again, we have a God who heals and a God who can deliver us from these things and any demonic element that's harassing us so that our joy can be restored. Uh, wrong priorities, wrong priorities and stress. You know, believe it or not, having the wrong priorities can sap your joy. It can sap a lot of things out of your life. Um, mismanaging our time so we're always exhausted, you know, putting, making money above time with our families, or being materialistic instead of kingdom focused. You know, the word says the kingdom of God is not about food or drink. It's life, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Um, again, this has to do with wrong uh, focus, wrong focus. Uh, we need to get back to the main thing of the kingdom first. Seek the things of the kingdom and of God first, and it will help balance out the other areas of your life. Uh, unforgiveness and blaming God. These are probably one of the two biggest um, joy, joy quenchers that we can face. You know, uh, unforgiveness actually opens you up to be tormented. It's a kingdom law. If you read Matthew 18, verse 21, you will see it's a law of the kingdom of what happens when you don't forgive. God actually turns you over to be tormented until you learn to forgive. So I encourage you to read that. Uh, blaming God for trials and temptations instead of understanding how God uses everything for our good. Uh, you know, this life is full of trials and temptations. But Jesus said to be of good cheer because he had overcome them all and deprived them of any real ability to hurt us. You know, I once had a real interesting thing happen. I was going through a rough season and I went to the Lord and I asked him, why am I struggling in this area? And you know what God said to me? He said, Mignon, you're struggling because you blame me. I said, what do you mean I blame you? He said, you blame me and you feel like I wasn't there during this specific season of your life and it's causing problems. And I remember stopping and thinking, is that true? Do I really blame you? And I had this feeling well up in me and it was, well, you weren't there. Now, in reality, God was, but that is the way my soul felt. But you weren't there. It was really hard. And I said, Lord, what do we do about this? And God said to me, can you forgive me? Do you forgive me? And I was so taken back by that because I know that God didn't do anything wrong. But his concern and love for me mattered so much that he lowered himself in that moment to ask for my forgiveness. Not because he did anything wrong, but so that I could be free of the torment that it was causing and the blocks it was causing in my life. He is that good. He is that good. Uh, so there can be a lot of different burdens that we carry that block the stream of joy in our life. So we're gonna do a little, um, 
faith healing exercise uh, to remove these burdens. So I want you to get comfortable and I'm gonna take you through this and let's just see what God brings to mind for you. Take a deep breath in and let it out. That's good. Now I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to please come and show me any false burdens that may be blocking me from flowing in your joy. Please show me what I need to lay down in this season of my life. Now, I want you to take a deep breath in and let it out. And let's just take a minute and let's see what God reveals to you. He may give you a picture of something. He may tell you directly. Uh, he may give you a feeling. If he gives you a picture, just ask him, Lord, what does this represent? Let's just take a minute. Take a deep breath in and let it out. Good. Okay. Now repeat after me. Lord Jesus, how do you want to get rid of this burden? Good, now let's wait. Now he may say something like you need to forgive, let it go, or he may say he's gonna take it. Let's give him some time to do some work. Take a deep breath in, let it out. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in their hearts and minds right now. I thank you for your presence. Thank you for your peace. Okay, now repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I repent for carrying the false burden. Now here, just say whatever it is. Please take this false burden off of my life and remove all of its attachments to my mind, body, soul, and spirit. Good, take a deep breath in and let it out. Keep repeating. Lord Jesus, please fill these places that have been cleansed with more joy, and strength. Immerse me in your river of joy and bring healing and freedom to every place. Thank you for strengthening me with more of your joy in Jesus name. Good. Take one more deep breath in and let it out. Now, as you go through your week, I want you to remember that joy is a river for you, available to you from Jesus. Anytime you feel like your joy is starting to, to, to wane, ask the Holy Spirit, what am I taking on? What false burden is trying to quench my joy? And then just, you know, give it to Him. Give it to Him. It's not difficult. We were meant to live in the fullness of the kingdom and the fullness of what Jesus meant for us to have. It cost him his life 
And every single one of us who belong to him should be getting the full benefit package per se that he has for us. For more information, podcasts, videos, prophecies, and teachings, simply go to fromwaterintowine.org and follow us on Facebook at The Water Into Wine. This podcast is produced by Media 12 Productions, media12.org.